السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Who drives from here? Who drives? Let me see. Let's have a raise of hands. Who drives? Okay, that's like most of us. Okay, who's sat in a car before? Right, that's everybody. Brother, you've not sat in a car? Or you're a driver? A bit of both. Sorry, I didn't mean to pick on you. Okay, I, I ask this because what I'm going to say next is related to everybody. I was, it's been a couple of years now, I was driving on um, Birchfield Road, just past Newtown. Is that what it's called, Birchfield Road? So there's me driving in my own world. And as I'm going down, the traffic light was, it was green. When I saw it last, it was green. And you know when you get to the traffic light and it's, it's about to change and you just put your foot down and you know you think you're going to make it and you've seen it change red, but in, to yourself, you're telling yourself, you went through and it was green, but you know it was red. Who's been through this before? Yeah, this happens to us, it happens to me, it happens to you, we've experienced this. I know, mashallah, there's some very safe drivers here as well. So you're probably thinking of me as like, that's absolutely disgusting. You shouldn't be driving. But this is reality, this is what happened. So one of the days I'm coming down on Birchfield Road, I'm driving, and this is exactly what happened. The traffic light, I'm seeing the traffic light, it's, it's green, and as I approach, as I approach it, as I approach it, I see um, it's changing and I put my foot down and I've gone zooming through it and in the back of my head I'm thinking it's still green but I'm noticing the changing of the lights now I don't know that's not my concern anymore my concern is to get over the line and carry on and not be stopped by the light anyway so I've gone past this light I'm driving now and I noticed this is this guy who's come right next to me on the side of the road and he's driving parallel with me and in the beginning I didn't notice after a bit it started getting a bit annoying I thought like why is this guy tailing me in this way and then I looked again to the right and whoever it was is is telling me is going like that so I thought who, who, who could this be so I'm looking at him I just carried on and again I look again and like he's going like this and he's right side by side with me the whole way so I look carefully and the guy's telling me to put my window down I, thought, I wonder who it is what have I done wrong are my lights working is everything okay I thought everything's fine anyhow so there's me driving and this guy's right next to me and I look again and he's telling me put the window down so I press the button the window comes down his is already down and as soon as I see him I thought oops who was it? It's a police officer, undercover. So, he, well, the car was, he was dressed in his uniform, uh, but the car, it wasn't a police car. Anyway, so he goes, come to the side, please. So there we go to the side. He comes out, he speaks to me. And he goes, what just happened? I said, I go, sir, it was uh, green when I saw it last. He goes, you just went through a red light, sir. I said, I'm sorry, I, when I saw it, it was green. I put my foot down, as we do. He goes, yeah, but it went red. And I didn't have anything to say. He goes to me, you're a very lucky man. 
said, okay. He goes, I can give you points for this. I'm going to let you off. I'm going to let you off. Now, a lot of us probably experienced something like this before. And generally in life, no one likes to be with someone that's harsh. No one likes to be with an unforgiving person. We experience people in life, scenarios in life. I mean, everyone loves that. We all make mistakes. We all make blunders. And we like to be let off. We like people who give us a second chance, a third chance, sometimes even a fourth chance as well. So we don't like people that are quick to judge. We don't like people who are quick to punish as well. And when we make a mistake, what we like is for people to treat us with something that we call forbearance, that they've noticed we've done something wrong. They have the capability and the power to take us to task. He could have given me points if he wanted. He saw it. But he goes, I'm going to let you off. And every time I drive past there, every single time I go past Newtown, I remember this incident. And it just reminds me that when I see the traffic light, I might not stop on all of the other ones, but on this one, I need to stop on this one. It just reminds me. And I'm sure you guys can relate to this and or other scenarios as well, where we've had in life. And when someone notices and sees your mistake, either they've got, you know, they can shame you in front of other people. They can put you down. They can highlight it, make a big deal out of it. But instead, if they choose to overlook, to let you off, being forbearing, and giving you another chance, an opportunity, that gives me, that gives you an opportunity to realize what we've done wrong. And it gives us a grace period to fix up, to make ourselves better. Now, when we see this in other human beings, like how many times you've probably seen maybe when you were young and you've gone to school late, for example, and the head teacher's there and the head teacher noticed you coming in and the register was closing, the bell had gone. You go, 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 go in. It's okay, go, go inside. How does that make you feel? You deserve to be punished, didn't we? You were late. It was after 8.45 or whatever the time is. It was 8.46. But the teacher, the head teacher, the boss, the manager, despite knowing, despite being in power, despite having the control to either punish or to take to task, when someone gives you another chance, gives you another opportunity, when we see this in human beings, whether it be our parents, whether it be religious teachers, whether it be a boss or a manager at work, whether it be anywhere else, you're late at checking out from a hotel, for example, and there's normally a charge. But the person on the counter, how many times has it happened? You've turned up at the airport. You've turned up at the airport and you're overweight. Not overweight, weight, your luggage. Your luggage is overweight. And inside, I mean, I, last Ramadan, I remember, they had a ban, even now they have it, on bringing back Zamzam from Saudi. You probably heard about it from Jeddah airport. They still have it actually. That you can't bring back Zamzam water. Now, for a Muslim like to go to Makkah and Medina and not bring back Zamzam water, like that's inconceivable. 
So people were doing all kinds of things, putting it in their suitcase and, 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 and trying to bring it in all different ways. And at the end of the day, it's like when we got to the desk, we had Zamzam in our bags because how can you go there and not bring Zamzam back? And the guy who was at the counter desk, we were lucky and fortunate to have. Now they clearly said that you can't bring Zamzam in the bags. Now the guy we had at the counter desk, he was actually the main supervisor. So he's overlooking everybody else. And we get to the desk and I know right, this guy's in charge because I've dealt with him already. And I've seen him how he's managing the others. And he knew that we had it in our bag. And it, what they normally do is they get you to take it out. So intentionally when the bags went on, he turned around the other way. And I saw him do this. He turned around. And he just let, let the luggage go. One, two, three. And I noticed anybody who came to this particular counter, despite them not deserving to take it, this guy just chose to overlook understanding the Muslim sentiments that you've come from a far land and you want to take Zamzam. I saw other people, they had to take it out and they were being much more strict, whereas he was a supervisor. And when you're given a chance like that, you're given an opportunity, despite knowing that they could have taken it, how does that make you feel regarding other people, regarding people who have this quality? We, we, we like them. We like people like that. We want to be given another chance. We're not perfect, are we? No one's perfect in this world. Nobody is. Nobody is. And we should never aim for perfectionism. We can't. We're not perfect. Simple as we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. We all err. We all make blunders in life. If someone's life in one area is very, you know, glorious, just know that they'll be making blunders in another area. No one's got it all sorted. This is an illusion that we have. We look at certain people, right, on Instagram or wherever it is, and we think, oh, this guy's got it all, he's got it all. Everything's going right for these people. This family's just, they've got it all sorted. Nobody has. I'm in a position where People come to me and they open their hearts out and they pour everything out that's inside. And I get to hear these things and I'm telling you, no one's got it sorted. No one, no one at all. Never ever be in this illusion where we look at someone and we think, you know what, this guy's got it all sorted. Everything's going perfect. No one's like, in this world, it's impossible. This world doesn't have the capacity to fulfill the desires of one human being let alone the billions that are living on it. So, coming back to what I was speaking about, when people give you another chance, and we need it, we want it, we desire it, we're human beings, we will mess up, we will make mistakes, we do make blunders, sometimes intentionally, sometimes just, you know, unknowingly, we're going through something when we think we're going to get away with it. When someone lets you off and gives you another chance, that quality that we find in people, it's appealing. We draw closer to such people. We like such individuals. Yet, why they're doing it? Remember, they're human beings at the end of the day. And them being human beings means that it's incomplete. They're not perfect. It's a flawed quality that they have. It's not a complete quality. Like they might be doing it because they feel they might be powerless at that moment in time. And they're letting you off thinking, well, I don't want to waste my time. Well, I don't want confrontation. A lot of people are not confrontational. So they're letting you off thinking, can't, can't be bothered dealing with the aggro. Let it go. 
Or it could be any other reason. It could be a misjudgment on their part. This is human forbearance. This is a human being letting another person off and he looks so appealing to us. What would perfect forbearance look like? My question is. Perfect forbearance. Who has perfect forbearance? Who has perfect forbearance? Only Allah. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does anyone know what it's called? What's it called in Arabic? Anyone? Forbearance? Not Hakima. That's, that's one of Allah's names. Well done for remembering one of Allah's names, the wise one. We've spoken about the wise one recently. But this is a name of Allah. Not Al-Latif. Not Al-Wadud. Not Rahman. I can have some more water. Just wait on that one. Someone here said it. Al-Halim. Halim. Alright, you guys think of Halim and something. Something else comes into mind. I remember my dad when I think of Halim because when I was growing up, I don't think he does it now, but Ramadan, iftar time, they had to be Halim. If there was nothing else, it's fine. But iftar with Halim, that was like a perfect iftar. Um, I, I don't think he does that anymore, but that was growing up, young days. Um, Al-Halim, so Hilm. So the quality is actually called Hilm in Arabic, being forbearing. Hilm. And you know, there's a lot of words like this, like forbearance, forbearing. We've probably been hearing it all our lives and we say them acting as if oh, I know what it means. But we don't really know what it means. We just go along with it. Um, forbearance, we use it. But what does it actually mean? What is forbearance? In a very simple way, the scholars have said, despite Allah having the knowledge of what we're doing, especially what we're doing wrong, Despite Allah knowing, fully being aware, number one, and despite Allah being fully capable of taking revenge or punishing us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not react to our disobedience in haste or anger. This is Al-Halim. Is everyone following? Allah knows and he's got full control. It's not like somebody else that they're weak or they didn't see it properly or they weren't sure or they're in doubt or there maybe there's something else going on there. Maybe the guy knows your family so that's why he's just being a bit easy going with you. No, with Allah it's not like that. Allah knows and number two, he's got full control and despite knowing and having full control, Allah does not react emotionally. You know how we react out of emotion, out of anger? Allah's got self-restraint in that sense where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he has got full control. And he doesn't act out of haste or anger. This is Al-Halim. In another way, we can call it grace. Grace. Like giving you grace. Now what I want you to do now, 
is as we're sitting here now as we're sitting here now and this is the thing when we don't know Allah as Allah says in the Quran Allah, Allah says about us that people have underestimated me we've misestimated who Allah is and that's where the problem lies Allah is saying what does it mean? What, what are we trying to say here? What I'm saying is this, right now, this moment where you're sitting now, I want you to feel the grace of Allah now. Can you feel it? Can you sense it now, right now? Like think about it. We've just done Isha, right? We've just done Isha. I think to myself, like, I don't know what I was thinking about in Isha Salah. I was trying my best to be focused. And then my mind started wandering off. Uh, I tried to focus again and my, my mind wandered off. Was my Isha Salah complete and perfect the way it should have been? No. Did Allah shame me? Did He give me, like, send me on a guilt trip? Did Allah show me up in front of everybody? Did He take away my eyes for looking around? Or ears? Or think, right, that's it. You're not going to breathe for two minutes. No more oxygen for you. No more oxygen for you. You didn't concentrate in my salah. That was salah. Just think about it. How many times have we done something wrong? We've disobeyed. We've looked at haram. We've listened to haram. We've eaten haram. We've done haram. There's not a single day in our life when we haven't disobeyed. Yet every single moment, like now, do you know the fact, can you, do you know your heart's beating? Can you sense it? If you stay still for a moment, you'll feel it. This is grace. This is Al-Halim. This is how close Allah is to you, to me. He's giving me and you a chance, an opportunity every minute. Every day is an opportunity of divine grace. Every second, every moment everything and you know what even whilst we're doing the sin right whilst we're doing the sin Allah is making our heart beat even we're doing the sin the blood's flowing into the body we're disobeying Allah and Allah's still providing me and you with oxygen this is Al-Halim experience and learn to live with Allah's names and this one particular one is transformative, it's life-changing, just one. And these names of Allah are not there just to sing a nasheed or something. Okay, that's what we've done. We learned a little nasheed when we were young. And Allah says, Allah has got these beautiful names. Use them in your life. In your life. We're not, you know, we learn from the examples of the prophets and the sahaba and the pious. And that's amazing for inspiration. But find it in your life because Allah's given this to you. You are deserving of Allah's love. You're deserving of Allah's mercy. You are deserving of Allah's kindness. You are deserving of Allah's grace. Why is Allah doing it? Right? Can we notice it? Can we see it? Have we faced the consequences of the wrongs we've done? How much wrong have I done, I think, in my life? How much wrong have I done? How many sins? How much disobedience? Have we faced the consequence of these sins? When we looked at something, did Allah say, right, you're going to be blind now. 
When we listen to something haram, did Allah say, right, no more listening for you now. You don't deserve these ears. Did we deserve to be punished? I ask you. When we listen to something haram, did we deserve to be punished? Yes, we did. When we looked at something haram, did we deserve that our eyes get taken away? Yes, we did. When we thought and planned against Allah to disobey Him, not once, but every single day, did we deserve that our arms and our limbs and everything gets broken off? Yes, we did. But despite that, Allah has full control. And we're fully deserving. Despite that, Allah is choosing, and this is the point that we need to know and recognize, Allah is choosing every single day, every hour, every minute, every moment to give you grace, a chance to make it up, to go back to Him, to return. This is Al-Halim. He's got the full power. He's got the full knowledge. But despite that, He doesn't take action in haste and in anger. The Quran says, if Allah was to impose blame on the people, there'd be no one left on planet earth. Quran says this. Quran says, if Allah was to take action in a hasty way and just out of anger, like we do, there'd be no one left on planet earth. Everyone would have perished. But what does Allah do? Allah gives grace. Allah gave grace to Fir'aun. Think about it. Fir'aun. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, there is no one. So do you know what it is? Hell is like being patient. It's like a powerful patience. A lot of times people are patient because they're incapable, they're weak. This is being patient in, the, in, in a form, of, in, in, in a very powerful form. Allah can take revenge if He wants. Allah can punish if He wants. Allah can take me and you to task if He wants. And the Prophet ﷺ has said, there is no one who is more patient on anyone working against Him than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He went on to say, people say He's got a son. People say He's got a daughter. People ascribe partners with Him. But he still feeds them. He still gives them water to drink. He still gives them afia and good health. He still provides for them. Now the question arises is, why would someone with power, why would someone with power, who's got power to give punishment to someone that deserves it, why would that being show forbearance? Why? We deserve it. And he's got the power. Why would, why would he show forbearance? What's the reason? Why do you think? Because remember, forbearance, it serves a purpose. It's not for the sake of forbearance. And all of the names of Allah are connected to each other. We sometimes look at names of Allah independently. So we consider Allah to be kind and merciful and compassionate. But we don't understand he's also all wise as well. He's all knowledgeable as well. Al-Halim as well over here. So Al-Halim, Allah being forbearing, at the same time, he's all knowledgeable. He's all wise. He's all merciful. So putting all of this together, the forbearance of Allah 
is also, Allah is also the compassionate one. Allah is also the loving one. Allah is also the forgiving one. Allah is also the knowledgeable one. Allah is also the most wise. So we need to approach it with this. The Prophet ﷺ tells us in the hadith of Sahih Muslim, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَبْسُطُ يَدَهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, according to his grandeur and according to his might, the words of the hadith say he spreads his arms, or he spreads his hand in the day, so that those who've been sinning during the night, they can make repentance. Can you see here? Like basically what's being said is Allah is very near to you. Allah is very near. When we, when we approach Ramadan, the verses of the Quran that we read, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ When my servants ask about me, tell them I am very near. Allah is very near. وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ Allah says, I am closer to you than your jugular vein. Can you, can you feel and experience Allah in your life now that we've gone through this? Can you see even now, do you know we're sitting here now comfortably? Isn't this Allah's grace? Isn't this Allah's grace? Uh, if he wanted to, how many things we've done wrong, he could have taken us to task for. Are we right in thinking that Allah's like, Allah doesn't like me. He's got it all out, you know, he's, he's just out for me. A lot of us think like that. Because we don't know Allah. We don't know Allah. This is the first lesson and the most important lesson. There is no topic which is more important than the topic of Allah. We can speak about hundreds of things. And a lot of people, when we speak about these things, we think, oh, this is like all primary level. Well, if we get, if you don't have Allah in your life, we've got nothing. And the reality is, this is something we have to learn. The reason why we're in this world is to recognize who is Allah. Today we don't know who Allah is. And Allah telling us in the Quran, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ People have misestimated me. So, why would Allah choose, despite having the power, and we're deserving of His punishment, why is Allah choosing to be so forbearing? Every single day, every single night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is choosing to be forbearing. Why? Why do you think? Do you think he needs us? To forgive. Why does he want to forgive us? First of all, Allah loves us. Allah loves you. Allah loves you more than your mother and your father love you. Allah loves you more than you love yourself. Allah loves you. He loves everyone. And He loves you so much. And this is why He's doing that. Can you feel Allah, Allah's love now? Every breath you're taking, this is Allah's love. You can see, Allah's allowing me to see. I've seen so many things I shouldn't have seen with these eyes. But I can still see. That's Allah's grace with me. I've listened to so many things. I've done so many things I shouldn't have. But this is Allah is with me. Allah's love is with me. Allah's grace is with me. Allah's giving me so many chances. In the world, those who give us chances, we look up to them. 
And then we, we make a point of not making that same mistake again. Imagine you're at your workplace and you, and you make a blunder, you do something that you're not supposed to do, a serious blunder. And your boss or your manager or the CEO of the company, he sees you. Either on camera or he sees you in person. He actually notices it. It's a misconduct. It's not acceptable. And imagine he comes over to you. And he just whispers in your ear. He says, don't do it again. He's not shamed you. He's not broadcasted it. You should have lost your job for that. You shouldn't be working in that place. You should have been fired immediately. You deserve to be fired. Anyone else that does something like that, fired immediately. But the boss, the manager chose to come over and tell you that although I saw what happened, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Just don't do it again. This is human forbearance. Allah's forbearance is with us all the time, constantly, every moment. Why? Because number one, he loves us. And number two, he wants me and you to return to him. Do you know how Allah is very near? Do you know how Allah is very near? He wants us to get near to him. That's all he wants. That's all he wants for you and me, to return. And that's why he grants us nights like this. That's why he grants us Ramadan. That's why he grants us every day, every night, every second, every opportunity, every bounty. Despite me being so sinful, why is Allah still feeding me? Why is Allah still giving me water to drink? Why do I still have so much? Because only one reason and one reason alone. Shall I tell you something else? Maybe you've not pondered upon this. You know when we, do, when we commit a sin? The hadith tells us, the Prophet has said, when you commit a sin, this is understanding Allah as being Al-Halim. How forbearing He is. Do you know when we commit a sin and do something wrong? We've got angels, right? Allah has given instruction to the angel on the left not to write down a sin for six hours let alone Allah not punishing us Allah doesn't even allow the angel to write that sin down for six hours after it's done six hours I'm not making this up this is a hadith six hours why would he do that why would he do that if we don't know then we don't know who our Allah is why is he doing that for six hours why because you've got six hours to make it up allah knows we're gonna mess up he knows that he knows that he's not expecting us to be perfect perfect were the prophets he made them sinless allah knows that you and me are going to slip up we try not to but it's gonna happen we don't try and do it intentionally but we fall into mistakes we fall into you know shortcomings we, we fall into sin so he's instructed, the angel on the left has got a strict instruction. Anybody that commits a sin, do not write it down for six hours. First hour goes by, Allah's there waiting for me. Second hour goes by, Allah's still waiting. Third hour, he's still waiting. Fourth hour, fifth hour, 
Six hours. Allah still waiting. When six hours pass by, and you and I have not made tawbah, we've not said sorry to Allah, we've not turned back to Him, then the angel is instructed to write down one sin. Whereas when you make an intention to do a good deed, and you do it, what happens? It's written down immediately, it's multiplied 10 times, and then in Ramadan 70 times, you go to the Haramain, 100,000 for one salah, uh, you've got so many opportunities. You read once, you get reward. If you read it three times, as if you've read the whole Quran. I, I can go on, there's so many. But when it comes to the sins, can you see? Can there be anyone more halim than Allah? This is the forbearance of Allah. And this is what we want to focus on today. Allah's grace is with me constantly. And He wants me and you just to return to Him. That's all He wants. He wants me and you to return. He wants me and you to repent. He wants me, me and you to just do what he wants us to do. And if we slip up, that's fine. He says, that's fine. I'm giving you a grace period. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. That's what he, the hadith says. That Allah spreads his hand during the day. Why? So people who've been sinning in the, in the nighttime, they can come and make tawbah. He's not even saying like make tawbah straight away. And if you've sinned during the day, then the night is there for you. And this continues happening until the sun rises from the west. Until the sun remaining, until the end of the world, this will be the case. Either you die or the world dies. But Allah is there waiting for you. That's His grace. That's His mercy. And that's His kindness. And there's so many examples. Look at the Quran. In the Quran, we find that Yunus alayhi salam, you know Yunus alayhi salam, the story of Yunus alayhi salam, so he's calling his people. Quran says he was sent to a group of people. There were more than a hundred thousand. More than a hundred thousand people he's, he's sent to. And these hundred thousand people, did they listen to him? No. They chose not to listen to him. They disobeyed him. They went against his commands, whatever he was instructing them. Yunus alayhi salam being a prophet, after trying so much, you can just imagine. Because prophets are also very halim forbearing and the Prophet ﷺ was very forbearing and thus we learn to be forbearing with other people as well but despite him inviting them in such a calm and a patient manner they chose not to listen so Yunus said look you guys if you don't listen Allah's punishment is gonna come on you and then we've got nothing to do with each other and he leaves now, normally what happens is, when we come to this part of the story, what do we focus on? What do we focus on? When Yunus goes, what do we focus on? The whale. We go to the story of the whale and how he went into the whale and he read the dua, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. And we focus on that side of the story. But the Quran tells us, Another side to the story. And the Quran says in the absence of Yunus salam, Allah didn't send the punishment to the people. He carried on sending them signs. One sign. He could have. They deserve to be punished. But Allah is Al-Halim. He has the power. But He gives time, grace, respite. Exactly what me and you are going, we're living 
We're living this right now, this second, this moment. Everything we're doing now, I'm speaking, this is Allah's grace. Allah's giving me grace. The things, the vulgar language I've said with this tongue, I don't deserve to have a tongue. I don't deserve to have speech. The fact that I'm speaking now, I'm living in the grace of Allah. I'm seeing with the grace of Allah. We're sitting here breathing alive every day is another grace of Allah. This is Al-Halim. So do you know what? Allah loved them people. He didn't want to destroy people. Quran says, what does Allah get out of punishing people? People have this idea, na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah, comes from atheists, that God, some kind of sicko out there trying to just destroy the world. Well, first of all, you're an atheist, so you shouldn't be talking about God. It's weird, isn't it? The people who talk about God the most are the atheists. They don't believe in a God like this. Don't say anything about God if you don't believe in one. So they do have an idea of a God. They say that they don't. There's no such thing as total atheism. Anyway, that's another topic in itself. So Yunus alayhi salam is gone. But what's happened here is Allah continues sending signs. And do you know what happens? Collectively, the people of Nineveh, this happened in Iraq. The people decided to repent. They realized their mistake. And they decided to repent. So what did Allah do? What did Allah do? Did he still punish them? The purpose isn't punishment. The purpose isn't to hurt somebody. The purpose isn't to cause harm. The purpose is for people to turn back to Allah. That's all Allah wants. And as soon as he saw that the people had turned, he removed the punishment. No punishment now, even though they were deserving. They didn't speak well to the Prophet. They didn't listen to the Prophet. The Prophet's gone now. Allah continues sending them signs. And what happens now? All of them believe. Every single one of them believed. They accepted the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is another message to show us that Allah is Al-Halim. Now, what was the point of delay? Allah delayed the punishment. Why? Number one, he wanted to forgive them. Number two, this is his love. And he wanted them to enter into Jannah. That's what Allah wants. Allah wants them to return to him. Now, sometimes what happens is we don't listen. Sometimes we don't change. Sometimes we carry on with our transgression. Sometimes what happens is we carry on doing the things that we're not supposed to do. So Allah's got a way for that as well. And I'll come to that in a moment. Before that, we have to understand that if we don't change our ways, then Allah sometimes does send something our way which will hurt us in the moment. You can call it a punishment if you want. You can call it a calamity if you want. And yet it is hurtful. But it's hurtful for a purpose. It's not hurting you out of spite and anger. No, 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 no. Allah doesn't work on his anger like me and you do. That we just lash out of people because we can't control our emotions. Allah is full in control. He doesn't act out of haste or act out of anger. Even when Allah sends down a punishment as a warning for me in my life, the purpose of that is because he loves me. He doesn't want me to carry on doing the transgression. He wants me to return so to wake me up. It's a wake up call. It's a wake up call. And we have an example of that in the Quran as well. 
We have an example of that in the Quran. In Surah Al-Qalam, there's a story about three brothers. So their father, he owned these gardens, beautiful gardens and orchards. And there was a lot of produce, a lot of fruit and vegetable growing in these gardens. So what, what the father would do, they had, a, they had a very noble habit. Every day and every time that he would be harvesting, there would, there would be a queue of poor people that would come for charity. Very hospitable, very charitable person. So he's giving away every day. They'd line up and this, this was like freebies for them. And, and they'd, he'd distribute it and they'd, they'd, they'd get their goods and they'd go. The father passes away. The three brothers get together and say, the first thing we need to do is stop the charity. Bad idea. What's happening in the business is no good. So let's stop the charity. Now we can't avoid the poor people. They just turn up, right? They just turn up in front of you begging. So what we'll do is we'll go at night. We'll go early. We won't harvest in the morning. We'll go at night and we'll get it all sorted out, all cut up, all boxed up and ready to be sent out so that by the time they arrive, it's all done and dusted and we don't have to, it's not embarrassing for us. When they come to us, we're, oh, it's all gone. There's nothing for us to give. If you've got something with you and somebody asks you, you feel embarrassed, you feel like you have to give it. But if there's nothing there, so this is the plan. Quran tells us secretly at night time, three brothers get together and they make this plan. And then in the dead of the night, they wake, wake each other up. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go. And Quran says they were going. And as they go, when they reach their orchard, do you know what Allah had done? This is like an instant punishment. They only just made this bad intention to deprive people of charity. This is an instant how Allah sometimes does this. Instant punishment. You know when they got there, all their orchards had burnt down. Destroyed, fully gone, nothing left, nothing. And they started saying, is this our orchard? Or have we come somewhere? Let's, some, one of them goes, why don't we follow our steps back home and come back again? Maybe because it's nighttime, we're not used to seeing it in the dark. And the, one of them goes, no, 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 this is definitely ours. This is definitely ours. So what happens now? Well, there's two ways you can go. When something like this happens to you and me, and we face it regularly in our lives, Shaitan wants you to wallow. That's what he wants you to do. Shaitan wants you to wallow and tell yourself, I'm not good, not good enough. I'm just an evil person. I've got too many sins. Allah's punishing me. He doesn't like me anyway. What's the point of me trying? This is what Shaitan wants. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends this at times to give you more hope. Why? Imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't do anything on this occasion. You know what would have happened? These people would have carried on depriving more orphans. Maybe one would have one bad thing led to another. Spiritually, these people would have become destroyed. And then, then hereafter, their punishment would have been much more severe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his helm forbearance. He sent down this fire. Now you wouldn't think of it like that. You wouldn't see your situation like that. We jump to conclusions. Allah sent this. And why do we know this? Because immediately after this happened, do you know what they said? The brothers regretted it, they started blaming each other. And then they, in the end, they said, do you know what? We hope Allah's gonna bring a better situation for us. Inna ilallahi ragibun.
Do you know what? It's time to turn to Allah. This is what they said. It's time to turn to Allah. That's what they said. And the Quran highlights this. That sometimes if Allah does send something your way, which hurts you, and you find it to be problematic in your life and challenging, you've got two paths. Either go down the path of shaitan and wallow, and become depressed and miserable thinking that's it, Allah is out there to get me. Or then do what these brothers did and increase your hope in Allah and accept it as Allah's grace. That you know what? This is Allah's way of him showing me he loves me. He's actually considered me worthy of sending me a wake up call. Sending me a wake up call. And he woke them up and they said, Inna ilallahi raghibun. Do you know what? We're going to turn to Allah. We're going to repent to him. We did something wrong. We've realized what we did wrong. Now I conclude by mentioning two things. First of all, Allah brings his name Al-Halim in the Quran. He couples it sometimes with Alim. Alim, Alimun Halim. Alim means all-knowing. Alimun Halim. What is he trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us that when Allah is being graceful with you, He's giving you grace, He's giving you time, He's giving me, showing me forbearance. He's not doing it out of ignorance. He's not doing it because sometimes we feel like we're quite clever because we get away, you know, we get away with murder. We do something and no one's noticed. And we think we're quite cool, we get away with it. With Allah, it doesn't work like that. When Allah's giving me a new forbearance, He's showing us forbearance. It's not as if He doesn't know. He is fully, fully aware, not due to ignorance. Thus, He brings Alimun Halim. Alimun Halim, number one. Secondly, in another place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses another name. Ghaniyun Halim. Ghani, what does Ghani mean? So, if a person's rich, do they need anything? No. So Ghani over here means Allah doesn't need anything. He's independent, self-sufficient. That's what it means. Self-sufficient. So when he brings Ghaniyun Halim, sometimes in the world, we show grace to somebody because we need a favor from them. We show grace to somebody because we need them to carry on working for us. Like if we were too harsh, maybe they'd just quit and go. Even without... Children, sometimes we have to let them off. We know what they've done. We can see what they've done. But then we need them to carry on and finishing the task. Otherwise, that's going to be a big problem. And there will be more tantrums there. So we need them to, whatever, finish their food. Or tidy their room. Or it could be something as simple as doing their homework. And you know that they're doing something. But sometimes we have to just not act out of anger and just hold it in. And overlook so many things they're doing. But we've got a need there. And our need is that we want them to do something. But Allah is telling you and me, He is Ghaniyun Halim. He doesn't need anything. He's not doing it for Himself. He's doing it for you. When you experience the grace of Allah in your life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to you and me that I'm doing this for you. This is why I'm doing it. And then we have another mention in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he is Halimun Shakur. When we've had a life of sin, and we're all sinful, including myself, we sometimes tend to think that 
if Allah is giving me grace, that's because I've done something wrong. If I'm deserving of Allah's punishment, then why should I do something good? What's, what's reading the Quran going to do for me? Why should I do two rakat nafal salah? Why should I do tasbih after salah and say subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah? Why should I do that? Why should I raise my hands? In, I'm just a bad person anyway. I've got so many sins. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings in the Quran Halimun Shakur to show me and you that Allah is not just Halim, is Halimun Shakur. Shakur means the most appreciative. Allah appreciates the smallest of thing you do. You don't have to do something big for Allah to appreciate it. We might not appreciate the efforts of others, but Allah's name is Ash-Shakur. And when we apply these names to Allah, it means He is perfect, total, and complete in these qualities. He is Ash-Shakur, meaning He appreciates everything. The Prophet ﷺ told us, in the people of the past, there was a person who was walking on the path, and he noticed a branch, a branch, a broken branch, in the middle of the road. So he picks it up, puts it aside. Do you know why? He just thought somebody could trip over this. So he picks it up, puts it to a side. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah granted him paradise because of that. This is Shakur. He appreciates even the smallest things. Smallest things. How, how many times have we spoke about the prostitute who gave the dog water? We've spoken about it so many times. A simple action of giving do a thirsty dog, a creature, she, get, she saw he was thirsty and Allah gave, it, uh, she gave the dog water. And Allah grants her forgiveness. She's not even done tawbah yet. But this is Allah being a shakur. Very, very, very appreciative. Allah is the most appreciative. You know, in life, we go through life thinking people don't appreciate me. No one values me. No one listens to me. No one hears me. No one understands me. Your Allah appreciates you. Know this. Sitting in Allah's house, your Allah appreciates you every day every moment everything you do allah appreciates it allah loves it sometimes our own parents might not appreciate the efforts that we're making for whatever reason the closest people to you might shun you and push you away allah will never do that to anyone he's never done that to anyone halimun shakur if ever you're feeling that what are two rakat going to do why should i read quran why should I go to the masjid and pray today? You're at home, you're not doing anything. You get this intention or you, or you might hear the adhan on the receiver, on YouTube. You might hear the adhan, you think, oh, let me go to the masjid. And then you tell yourself, oh, you're so sinful anyway. You're like a shaitan. Why should you go to the masjid? What's going to them? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he is shakur. You, your bad life is there on the side. That's there. That doesn't negate the good you've done. Remember that. Yes, it works the other way. In the hasanat, you the sayyat. Quran says, good deeds will take away your bad deeds. But Quran doesn't say that your bad deeds are going to take away your good deeds. Where there Allah is saying, you do good, Allah will give you good. Allah will reward you. So much so that good deeds will help us stay away from the bad ones. In the tanha anil fahshai wal munkar. The ayah itself is showing that you could have fahsha in your life, being immoral and have munkar in your life and still do salah. Someone might think that, okay, I'm, I'm not a good person. Why should I pray? 
But the Quran is saying your salah will help you to overcome that. So this is shaitan. Shaitan messes with our minds. He's going to go Jahannam. He wants me and you to all go with him. And this is going on in our heads constantly. No one says this aloud. We don't say this aloud. This is happening inside to all of us every single day. These are the kind of thoughts that are going through some crazy thoughts sometimes. And shaitan, that's what he does through the waswasa and the thoughts. He's planting these things. And what he wants is, he is Iblis. One of the meanings of Iblis is someone who is despondent from Allah's mercy. He doesn't have any hope. No hope. No hope. You know, I always say to people, well, but some of you guys do it as well. When you got the musalla at home, when you finish praying, what do you do? Yeah, you fall. You, sometimes, okay, our grandmas, sometimes what they do is they'll fold it from one corner. Why? Shaitan's gonna pray on it. Really? Really? Shaitan's gonna pray on the musalla? Is he? I know we've always heard that and we've just gone along with it, haven't we? Right? Some of you are feeling really silly now. But we, we, and a list of things like this that we've grown up with. Right? Shaitan had the opportunity, the golden opportunity to pray, to make that one sajda. He didn't do one sajda, you think he's going to do a full salah now. He lost that opportunity. So what, what's happened with him? He is Iblis. He is Mal'oon. He is Rajim. He has lost hope in Allah's mercy. He does not have any hope. And that's what he wants to do with us. He wants us to lose hope. As a Muslim, you're not allowed to lose hope. It's haram. It's actually kufr. Quran says, Innahu la yay'asu min illa al-kafir. Only a disbeliever loses hope in Allah's mercy. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what kind of person you are. I and you, we are not allowed to lose hope in Allah's mercy. Hope is the way forward. Look at these three brothers. Despite what they've done, what they've done was nasty. They planned to deprive, deprive the orphans and, and the poor people. And Allah took them to task for it. But he wasn't doing it to punish them, to just ridicule them. It was a wake-up call. And that increased them in hope. So our problems, our calamities, it's up to me and you how we deal with them. Either we take the path of shaitan or we take the path of Rahman. The path of shaitan is for me to wallow, to just beat myself up, just to kind of think that, you know, I, I'm not worthy of it. Everyone is worthy of Allah's love and Allah's forbearance. Look at Fir'aun, right? I'll give you that example again. Even Fir'aun, like who, who was Fir'aun? Who was Fir'aun? Okay, he was a tyrant. He said, Ana rabbukumul a'la. How long did he carry on? Like we hear things like he didn't even get a headache. If Allah wanted, he would have broken his legs immediately. But Allah kept signing him signs. Not only signs, he sent the greatest of Nabi. Musa alayhi salam and he said, Musa, when you go to Fir'aun, Speak to him in a soft and gentle voice. Why? Think about it. This man has been so disobedient. He calls himself the God Almighty. Kill so many people, innocent people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Halim, 
is showing his grace here again and telling Musa Islam, speak to him softly and gently. Why? Maybe, maybe he might think about his actions and he might start to fear me. He might come back to me. He might return. He might make tawbah. And that was the idea. And how many times Allah sent signs and opportunities, one after the other, one after the other, one after the other, one after the other, and it carried on. It carried on until the last moment. And then it was too much, despite him seeing so many signs. So this is the grace and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, I'm gonna end by, and normally on the 15th of Sha'ban, I don't normally talk. Um, it's not a night to talk and to lecture. It's a night that we engage. But I felt it important to speak about Allah because Ramadan is around the corner and nobody wants to worship a being that is cold, hard-hearted, hard to please, unforgiving. And generally that is the image of God most of us or a lot of us have. And it's important for us to clear that to have the correct God image that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't what you've been taught when we were growing up. If we've been told, if you don't pray, you're going to go to hell. So this is the kind of, we pray out of fear. That if I don't pray, then I'm going to go to hell. Allah doesn't work like that. Does Allah work like that? We've seen so many examples now. Allah is loving. Yes, he does have a Jahannam. Yes, when Allah wants to see somebody in Nabatusha Rabbika Lashadid, Allah is Qahar, Allah is Jabbar, He is the Almighty, He's the All Powerful. If He wants to, He can. But the mercy of Allah surpasses His anger. He doesn't act in haste, He gives the grace. And remember the hadith where the Prophet said, The angel on the left is told to wait six hours. Just imagine, let alone punishing you. Allah doesn't even allow it to be written down. And you know, in that period, if you make Toba, it will never be in your record. Never. Not even there as deleted. It's not even entered your record. Whereas when we make an intention to do a good deed and we're not able to do it, it, gets, it goes in our book of deeds straight away. Even if we've not done it. When the Prophet ﷺ told us, if, for example, somebody comes to the masjid and they don't realize they came at 7.30. They thought Salah was at 7.30. And they got here, they found out Salah was at 7.15. They didn't know the time changed. We have time changing every day, don't we? So he comes to the masjid and he realizes, oh, he has got the reward for the full Salah because his intention was to be in the congregation. He didn't know. He didn't pray with the congregation. And, and like this, you can give so many examples. You, know, you might not be a wealthy person. In Ramadan, there might be an appeal here for whatever country or whatever disaster is happening. And some rich person from the back says, 10,000 pounds. And in your heart, you're saying, Oh Allah, if I had 10,000 pounds spare, I would have given it to this cause as well. You know what? You've got it. Allah gives you straight away because of your intention. Because of your intention. A person is going for Hajj, you've tied the ihram. On the way you pass away, on the day of judgment, you'll be wearing your ihram. You're going to say, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik. Allah will resurrect you as a haji. 
on, on your behalf, an angel will perform Hajj for you every single year. The intention of a believer is better than his action. So Allah is so kind. We've totally misestimated who Allah is. So this Ramadan, before Ramadan comes, and this is one of the reasons why Ramadan comes and it goes, we're not motivated to do anything because we've got this really skewed image or idea or perception or relationship with Allah subhanahu wa Allah is very near. Allah loves you. He is Al-Wali. He's your protective friend. He's your protective friend. He's always protecting you. Allah is always looking out for you. He's got your best interest all the time. There is no one who cares about you more than Allah. He's your creator. He feeds you. He nourishes you. He's with you everywhere. When you're two, the third is Allah. When you're three, the fourth is Allah. When you're four, the fifth is Allah. When you're alone, who's with you? You're not alone. You're never alone. So, I end on this. We spoke about Al-Halim. And what that means is that Allah overlooks, despite knowing he's in control, he's got the power, he overlooks, he lets us off, gives us grace. Now, when we, there are certain qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala possesses that are only for Allah. Like Al-Khaliq, for example, the creator. He's the only creator. Nobody else can create. But then there are other qualities. Of course, for Allah, it's Allah. The divine qualities, we can't compare. But by name, they are the same. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls himself uh, the merciful. He calls the Prophet wasallam the merciful Prophet. And we've been told to be merciful to each other as well. So in the same way, we want to learn to be Halim as well. The Prophet wasallam praised certain companions and said, you have two qualities in you. Ashaj ibn Abdul Qais. Two qualities you have in you. Allah really loves them. Al-Hilmu wal-Anat. One of them is Al-Hilm over here. That you've got forbearance in you. What happened is a group of a delegation came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Medina. And they pulled their stuff down, their luggage down, and they rushed to the masjid to meet the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And their leader, what he did, he didn't rush. He organized everything. He prepared himself, maybe washed himself, prepared himself, took some rest. And then he came later on and he, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where's your leader? He said, we don't know, he's still, he's still not here. And then when he arrives, he arrives in a calm and a composed manner, befitting to the presence of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he asked him, and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told him, there's two qualities you've got in you, Allah loves them. And he said, Al-Hilmu Wal-Anat, you did not rush here as soon as you got here your time you you thought about why you're coming you prepared yourself for the presence the prophetic presence so hilm extending hilm to others how halim was the prophet sallallahu with other people don't we hear about the bedouin who came and grabbed his cloak and it scarred his throat and he says oh muhammad be just be kind someone said give me my money back and the prophet sallallahu he could have taken revenge he could have smacked him back. But the Prophet wasallam, he was practicing Al-Hilm. And one of the scholars have said that knowledge is through learning. 
And hilm forbearance comes through practicing forbearance. This doesn't come overnight. It's something that we can learn. It's a quality that we need to bring in our lives, especially on such nights. Why? Because today or tonight is the 15th of Sha'ban. And the Prophet has said in a sound narration, which even the likes of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, Shaykh Abdul Rahman Mubarak Puri, a Salafi scholar. I say Salafi scholar, I say Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah because normally we know them to be much more rigorous and strict when it comes to these matters. Even they have said that the Prophet has said that on the 15th of Sha'ban, Allah looks towards his creation and he forgives everybody except for a few people who have certain things within them. So the virtue of this night is established. Ignore the messages. Ignore anyone telling you otherwise. Ignore anyone who's trying to take you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Have we said anything or done anything that's against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. This is a night of virtue accepted by scholarship of centuries. And there are narrations from the Prophet And we know it's a virtuous night. There is virtue in it. If somebody doesn't want to, that's their choice. That's up to them. Those that want to, let them. So on this night where everyone's been granted forgiveness, everyone, there are certain people that aren't. And the way we tie it in with Al-Halim. So one is a mushrik, somebody who ascribes a partner with Allah. That person is not forgiven even on such a night. That doesn't mean that a mushrik now hears this and thinks, hmm, there's no room for me. No, you can make tawbah. Make tawbah and Allah will forgive you as well. Second person is a person who's addicted to alcohol. Addicted to alcohol. Mudminu khamr. Hadith mentions this. Um, and again, if somebody's got this bad habit, the simple thing is to return, is to stop, is to give it up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The door is open for you as well. Sometimes we present these things in such a way and we shun people away. Allah never does this. Allah's doors are always open for everybody. The third category is those who are disobedient to their parents. And the fourth and fifth, fourth, we're fourth and fifth. We're going to link it with what we've been speaking about. So one of the categories are those who hold a grudge, malice, hatred for other people. Now this is where Helm comes in, that we need to learn to let things go and be more Halim, forbearing. Do we want Allah to grab us on any opportunity? So there's two categories here. One is generally with people and secondly, family. That becomes more serious. Family relations. How many of us are there? I'm sure everybody probably has somewhere in their family. Um, and just yesterday, a brother was speaking to me in regards to this issue and he was really upset. And I'm assuming it's probably because today's the 15th of Shaban. So who doesn't want their forgiveness? But this is a category where when you reconcile, Allah says, I will reconcile with you. Otherwise, until then, your forgiveness is pending. And that happens on the 27th of night of Ramadan as well. Such a great night. Why would we want ourselves to lose out on reward, on forgiveness? Most of the time, it's an ego issue. 
And if you feel it's not an ego issue, then look at the bigger picture. Do you want Allah to forgive you? Who wants Allah to be graceful to them? Who wants Allah to be graceful to them? Do we want Allah's grace? I want Allah's grace. Do you want Allah's grace? Right? We're already living in Allah's grace. Do we want more grace? Yes. Because we know even if we try our hardest, we're still going to slip up. We're going to make mistakes. And we want Allah to show His grace to us each and every time. So if we want that, we need to learn to show grace to other people. We need to learn to overlook other people's faults. When someone's erred, someone said something, someone's done something, of course it's hurtful. We're not negating that. It's hurtful. And that's why you're allowed three days or you're allowed some time. But now is the time to think, is there anyone? Two, two, two things. One is, is there anyone who I hate? In terms of, do I hold a grudge against anyone? Do I hold a grudge against anyone? Any kind of malice? any kind of jealousy in our hearts regarding somebody, it's the time to clear it and adopt the quality of Al-Hilm where we learn to clean it. And secondly, family relations. Have I cut off from any family relations? That's the most serious thing here. Very serious. That comes before the rights of Allah. Dealing with Allah all this time, we've been speaking about Allah. Allah's like, it's Allah so easy to please. Allah is so easy to please. Allah becomes pleased with very little. You don't need a lot to please Allah. And if we've grown up hearing this and imagining Allah to be someone who's very hard to please, that's very wrong. We've got it really, we've got the wrong end of the stick. Allah is very easy to please. He's pleased with little actions, small, small actions. Allah's promised huge rewards. But one thing is family relations. And this is a night for me and you to think, is there anyone in my family who I don't talk to, who I've cut off from, who... And, and, and again, we're human beings. No way, shape or form are we being told that it has to go back the way it was. Because that's not possible. It's not humanly possible. You're a human being. Even the Prophet ﷺ said to the Sahaba, he told the Sahaba very clearly, don't tell me things about people. Don't come to me and tell me things about people. Because when I come out of my house and I see people, I want to see people with a clear mind and a clear heart. If you're going to come and fill my ears, despite him being the prophet of Allah, of course, when I see this brother, I see brother Azhar, someone's come and told me something about him. Even though I don't believe it, I'm going to be a little bit different, aren't I? It's going to impact me. So we're human beings. If someone said something to you, done something to you, acted in a weird way from your family, of course it hurts you. No one is saying that you have to go back to how it was, going down to each other's house every weekend or calling them all the time. No, it doesn't have to go back like that. But it doesn't have to be nothing as well. What we're seeing is at least make salam. At least just say hello. How are you? How are the kids? If you don't want to do more than that, that's your choice. But cutting off totally, this is the problem. This is the issue. A lot of times we don't make up because we think that if I make up, then I'm going to have to turn up at their house and I have to call them over and, have, and I don't want to do that. I can't bear to see them. That's a human feeling. Allah does not make you responsible for things you can't, con you can't control that. If someone definitely has hurt you and you're feeling like that, you can't take that feeling away. 
That hurt is there. If it's genuine, that hurt's going to be there. Allah recognizes that. The Prophet ﷺ went through a lot of hurt in his life. Don't we see the example of Wahshi? The one who murdered the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. He forgave him. He spoke to him. He didn't cut off from him. He said, look, just when, when you're in my, in my gathering, just be on one side. And that's the Prophet of Allah. Prophet of Allah. So even he was not in full control of his heart. He couldn't, he couldn't choose how he felt all of the time. So he told him, just stay on the side. When I see you, brings flashbacks to me. I, I don't want to deal with that. Don't want to be dealing with that. It's too much. We're human beings. Allah knows you. Allah understands us. So when we say on these nights, reconcile, it doesn't mean go and sit in their lap and you know, make it how it was before. No, we're saying that drop him a message. Make a phone call. Who's going to make that phone call tonight? And it requires courage. Praying 100 rakat in the night is easy. Spending a thousand pounds in charity is easy. Fasting, optional fast. Tomorrow, inshallah, we will fast. Inshallah, say inshallah. It's Shaban. The Prophet ﷺ would fast almost all of Shaban. Number two, it's one of the Sunnah days, 13, 14, 15. Tomorrow is the 15th day. So it's Sunnah to fast on 13, 14, 15. And then there is a narration, although it's weak, to fast on this day. Scholars call it Mustahab, it's preferable. If anybody fasts, you'll get reward. If you don't fast, nothing will happen to you. Don't worry. So if anyone chooses not to fast, we don't say, oh, why are you fasting? They don't want to fast. That's okay. But why would you and me miss out on an opportunity like this? Right? And it's preparing us for Ramadan as well. So, it's easy to fast, it's easy to pray, it's giving charity is easy. Making that phone call is hard. But this is when things start changing in our favor, when we start taking uncomfortable action. No one has got anywhere by just doing what they're comfortable with. That doesn't give you any growth, it doesn't help you develop, it doesn't let you move forward. You stay where you are. And we're very happy with that because we're comfortable with it. Change happens when we learn to take uncomfortable action. And this is the, probably one of the most uncomfortable things we've probably done in a while. Making that phone call to someone in your family that you've not spoken to, maybe for a month, maybe for a year, maybe for five or ten years. And remember, it doesn't have to go back. And we're not saying, we're not saying that they weren't wrong or that's not that's not what we're saying you might believe that they don't deserve your forgiveness but you deserve the peace you might believe they don't deserve the forgiveness of this you deserve the peace don't you because at this moment and time my and your forgiveness is pending it's not worth it is it worth it like tomorrow we could die then what is the point of holding on to that grudge where either they're going to die, I'm going to, and you know when they do die, then we're going to start regretting it. Oh no. You'll be standing at their janazah and thinking, you know what? Whatever's happened, happened. I should have just said salam. Should have just made up. At least in the hereafter. Because in the hereafter, Quran says that with your family members and other people, you're going to be, you're going to be on these couches, reclining, sitting opposite each other. 
right? That's not going to happen if you've got malice in the hearts. In Jannah, you can't, you can't enter Jannah with malice. That's why before people enter Jannah, Quran says, ma fi min ghillin. Quran says, we're going to take out all the malice from the heart. A, a dirty heart can't enter into paradise. So why would I stop myself from getting forgiven this Ramadan on the night of Bara'a, Laylatul Nisfi min Sha'ban, 15th of Sha'ban, or any other day for that sake, because of somebody else. They might not deserve your forgiveness, fine. But you deserve the peace. And let me tell you something else. The day, the day you decide to make that phone call, it's the day you will liberate yourself. It will be the most liberating feeling you've ever felt in your life. Because up until now, what you're doing is you're avoiding that person. You're not attending certain functions where they are. You're not involving yourself in any kind of project or any kind of do or any kind of thing where they're a part of. And that's awkward. You've got used to it and you're telling yourself it's not. And as soon as you do this phone call, such a huge mountain will be lifted from you. You'll feel free. Forgiveness is liberating. And this is al-hilm. Learning to be the bigger person. And having that bigger heart. And the Prophet ﷺ is our role model and our example. Everyone's going to try and do this inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Apologies, I have taken a lot of your time. Now inshallah, we're going to spend some time. Now, the purpose of this night is not just for us to talk. Right? We can go back home and get on busy with our lives. The purpose of this night is that we turn to Allah. So we're going to give some time inshallah for the recitation of Quran. In our own places, we'll take a Quran, inshallah. There's many Qurans here, over here as well. Take Quran, even if it's for a few minutes. For some of us, this might be the first time we're reading Quran since last Ramadan. It doesn't matter. If you get a Quran, it's fine. If you get one of the Jews sisters as well, those listening at home as well, please do take part. Um, let's try and avoid reading on our phones. We always try and read on our phones. We spend a lot of time on our phones. Take a Mus'haf, inshallah. Mus'hafs are coming round. Take a Quran. Stay in the masjid. Stay within the masjid, inshallah. Try and stay till the end. We're going to have dua as well. This is a night of forgiveness. We will turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask for his forgiveness. So take a Quran, inshallah, and aloud, with an audible tone, let's recite some Quran, inshallah, individually. This is the book of Allah, and probably the greatest way you can get close to Allah is through his book. Ramadan is the month of the Quran. Let's start practicing from now. Get into this habit. Allah loves those who read Quran. There's more chances of our dua being accepted if we read some Quran before it, inshallah. And reading, read loudly. There's, there's a unique benefit of reading with sound. Sisters, there's Qurans for you as well. And those brothers and sisters who are following us online also requested to please spare a moment, inshallah, and recite some Quran. Jazakumullah khair. Inshallah, if we. End on the next ayah, inshallah, and brothers will come round and collect the Qurans, and we can come back, inshallah, and sit together. 
Jazakum Allah khairan. We're going to conclude tonight's gathering, inshallah, with dhikr and dua. Those following us from home or online are also requested to take part, inshallah, in dhikr and dua. back and join the gathering that'll be great inshallah those who are scattered around if you come and join the gathering inshallah you come into the mercy of Allah Allah will take you into his mercy as well So to keep in mind, inshallah, tomorrow we try and keep a fast if we can. Allah give us all the tawfiq. Uh, when you go home, if you can do any, any kind of ibadah, remember for this night, there's nothing specific prescribed. There's nothing prescribed and you have to do this or you have to do that, nothing. Anything you come across, that's what some people have probably done. Maybe someone did it some years ago and they passed it on to somebody else. That's up to them. There's nothing prescribed for this night to do or you have to read this many rakat and in the first rakat this many times read no nothing is prescribed you can worship allah as you wish the reason why we come to the masjid and do it is because i'll be honest with you if i was at home i'd just be probably sitting on the sofa and just relaxing um coming into the environment it kind of encourages us gives us a bit of motivation so that when we go back we can do at least two rakat before we sleep Make some dua before we sleep. We can go back and share the advices with our family members, inshallah. Everybody will try and do this. Okay, so now, inshallah, we will do some dhikr. Dhikr is a remembrance of Allah. Dhikr normally is done independently, individually. That's, the, that's how Allah wants us to remember Him, individually, by ourselves. The reason why we do it collectively is this again creates motivation in us. It teaches us, it gives us the motivation to continue doing this, inshallah. So that when we go from here, we don't just restrict to what we've done here. We go back and in our individual lives, when we're driving, when we're walking, we try and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever we are, and thereafter we'll make dua. Again, this is a chance for anybody who wants to make things right. Yeah? Doing all of the ibadah is easy making things right with a family member the reward of that will probably be so much more greater than doing good deeds so if anybody wants before the dua to walk out and make that phone call now that will be so much more better for you than spending the whole night in sajda making one phone call or sending a text message now to somebody you haven't for years in your family and you've broken up and to take that phone out now and to say assalamu alaikum and on whatever you want to say that will be so much more powerful than spending the whole night in salah because remember without that our forgiveness is pending so may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq so we'll do some dhikr conclude with dua inshallah those following online can also take part um, if you can uh, just switch the lights off jazakallah
It's one of them. Recite the Rusharif Allah. Remember when we're doing dhikr, we're, we're talking to Allah. Allah is listening to us. He is a sami'i. He listens to everything we say. We are glorifying Allah. When we're saying La ilaha illallah, we're imagining we're taking out the love of everybody from our hearts. And illallah, only Allah's love we want in our hearts. We want to empty our hearts from everything else, attachment to everything else, and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah, 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 la ilaha illallah. لا إله إلا الله 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 سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم 
سبحان اللہ سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله العظيم 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 استغفر الله 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 الله والله 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 الله 
Specifically, one of them is Mufti Jawid Saab's uh, brother-in-law is critically ill. He's got cancer. Uh, he's been sent home from the hospital saying that there's no further treatment that they can do. Make to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant some complete shifa, afiyah and cure. Similarly, others have also requested for dua for shifa and afiyah and for other difficulties that people are going through. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant everybody afiyah and shifa. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid Allahumma barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid Ya Halim, Ya Halim, Ya Halim, Ya Halim, Ya Halim, Ya Allah يا حليم يا الله 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 يا حنان يا منان يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا حليم يا الله 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 جز الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هو آله اللهم لا أحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم لا أحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم لا أحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك وتبارك اسمك وتعالى جدك ولا إله غيرك اللهم أنت السلام اللهم أنت السلام اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أنت الشافي 
اللهم أنت الشافي يا شافي يا الله يا شافي يا الله يا رحمن يا رحيم يا رحمن يا رحيم يا ملك يا قدوس يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا غفور يا ودود يا غفور يا ودود يا غفور يا ودود يا سلام يا سلام يا سلام يا قدوس يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا حليم يا الله يا حليم يا الله يا حليم يا الله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم تجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إني ظلمت نفسي ظلما كثيرا ولا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت فاغفر لي مغفرة من عندك وارحمني إنك أنت الغفور الرحيم إنك أنت الغفور الرحيم إنك أنت الغفور الرحيم Oh Allah you are so kind Oh Allah you are so merciful Oh Allah you are so loving Oh Allah you are the forbearing Oh Allah Oh forbearing Allah Allah, O oh forbearing Allah, O oh Halim Allah, O oh forbearing Allah, Allah, you watched us all the time, O oh Allah. You saw us doing everything we did, O oh Allah. You know what we are doing, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, you know everything, O oh Allah. Despite that, O oh Allah, you carry on giving us grace, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, you are so gracious, O oh Allah. You are so merciful, O oh Allah. There is no one more merciful than you, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, you are the most loving, O oh Allah. You are the all-seeing Allah. You are the all-knowing Allah. You are the all-wise, O oh Allah. You are the most compassionate, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, you are the most kind, O oh Allah. You are the most generous, O oh Allah. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth, O oh Allah. You are maintaining the whole universe and the solar system, O oh Allah. You are our Rabb, O oh Allah. You are our Lord, O oh Allah. O oh Rabb Allah. You are our nurturer, O oh Allah. You created us from nothing, O oh Allah. We belong to you, O oh Allah. The heavens are yours, O oh Allah. The earth is yours. O Allah, everything in between is yours, O Allah. For you is the kingdom, O Allah. For you is all power, O Allah. For you is all might, O Allah. Everything belongs to you, O Allah. Everything belongs to you, O Allah. O Allah, you are the owner of the mighty throne, O Allah. You are maintaining the whole universe, O Allah. O Allah, you are the creator, you are the fashioner, you are the designer, O Allah. Everything is yours, O Allah. Yours is the final say, O Allah. The dominion belongs to you, O Allah. Control belongs to you, O Allah. Kingdom belongs to you, O Allah. The east and west are yours, O Allah. The land and the sea are yours, O Allah. You are everything, O Allah. We are nothing, O Allah. You know everything, O Allah. We know nothing, O Allah. You are the most knowledgeable, O Allah. We are so ignorant, O Allah. You are the greatest forgiver, O Allah. And we are the greatest sinners, O Allah. O Allah, we have come to you, O Allah, on this auspicious night, O Allah. We know and we believe, O Allah. Only you can forgive sins, O oh Allah. We know you love to forgive, O oh Allah. You are the forgiver, O oh Allah. Our sins are great, O oh Allah. But we believe your forgiveness is much greater, O oh Allah. We beg you, O oh Allah, for your forgiveness. 
Grant us your forgiveness, O oh Allah. Grant us your maghfirah, O oh Allah. Grant us your forgiveness, O oh Allah. You are so loving and so kind, O oh Allah. So merciful, O oh Allah. So halim and so forbearing, O oh Allah. You have watched us sin, O oh Allah. You didn't take away our eyes, O oh Allah. You didn't take away our ears, O oh Allah. You continue to feed us and clothe us and give us life, O oh Allah. And allow us to prosper, O oh Allah. Whilst we are disobeying you as well, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, there is no one more kinder than you, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, protect us from taking advantage of your kindness O oh Allah protect us from taking advantage of your forbearance O oh Allah grant us your forgiveness O oh Allah on this blessed night O oh Allah millions of people are going to be forgiven O oh Allah make us from amongst them O oh Allah grant us your forgiveness O oh Allah if you don't forgive us O oh Allah we will be doomed and destroyed O oh Allah it won't change anything for you O oh Allah but it will make a massive difference for us O oh Allah we beg you O oh Allah we are very sorry for what we have done O oh Allah we have done a lot of wrong O oh Allah we admit O oh Allah, we confess, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, I acknowledge, O oh Allah, my wrongs, O oh Allah. I have disobeyed you, O oh Allah. Even though, O oh Allah, I knew you were watching me, O oh Allah. You are with me, O oh Allah. You are hearing what I was doing, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we thought that nobody was watching us, O oh Allah. We closed the curtains, we shut the doors, O oh Allah. We locked it in, O oh Allah. But nothing, nothing stops you, O oh Allah. Nothing is hidden from you, O oh Allah. You know everything, O oh Allah. You know what we are concealing in our hearts, O oh Allah. You are Alimun bidati sudur, O Allah, Alamul Huyub, O Allah, Alimul Haibi was Shahadati Allah, you are Malikul Mulku Allah, you are everything, O Allah, Allah grant us your forgiveness, O Allah. On this night, O Allah, the greatest thing we need from you, O Allah, is your forgiveness, O Allah. Please, O Allah, we beg you for your forgiveness, O Allah. We are in need of your forgiveness, O Allah. We need your forgiveness, O Allah. Please grant us your forgiveness, O Allah. Forgive the sins of the day, forgive the sins of the night forgive the sins we committed knowingly forgive the sins we committed unknowingly O oh Allah every type of sin O oh Allah I have in my life O oh Allah you know my sins better than me O oh Allah I've polluted this life with sins O oh Allah you granted me this life O oh Allah which was pure O oh Allah which was pure O oh Allah and I've polluted it O oh Allah O oh Allah purify my life O oh Allah purify my eyes O oh Allah purify our ears O oh Allah purify my tongue O oh Allah purify my heart O oh Allah Allah, purify my morning and my evening, O oh Allah. Grant us a life of halal, O oh Allah. Help us to stay away from your disobedience, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we have committed such crimes, O oh Allah. We wouldn't want anyone else to know, O oh Allah. You know everything, O oh Allah. Nothing is hidden from you, O oh Allah. We beg for your forgiveness, O oh Allah. Just like you have hidden our sins in the world, O oh Allah. Hide our sins on the day of judgment, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, do not expose us, O oh Allah. Do not expose us, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, do not expose us, O oh Allah. Protect us, O oh Allah. Look after us, O oh Allah. Take care of our families, O oh Allah. Have mercy upon our condition, O oh Allah. Help us to become closer to you, O oh Allah. We know you are near, O oh Allah. Help us to become nearer to you, O oh Allah. Make us closer to you, O oh Allah. Allah grant us a life of halal, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from all types of haram, O oh Allah. Create the hatred of sins in our hearts, O oh Allah. O Allah, make us punctual on our five times salah, O oh Allah. Ramadan is round the corner, O oh Allah. Help us to rectify ourselves before the coming of Ramadan, O oh Allah. Help us, to, help us to give up a life of haram, O oh Allah. Before the coming of Ramadan, make it easy, O oh Allah. We struggle, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we try and we fail, O oh Allah. We keep slipping up, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we need your guidance, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, 
please do not ignore us, O oh Allah. Do not let go of us, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, only you have guided us so far, O oh Allah. You brought us into the masjid, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, I didn't come here on my own accord, O oh Allah. It was your love that dragged me here, O oh Allah. Just as you have brought me here to this house of yours, O oh Allah, guide me along Siratul Mustaqim, O oh Allah. Especially at that time, O oh Allah, when we need your help the most, O oh Allah. Guide us, O oh Allah. Protect us against the shaitan and the nafs, O oh Allah. Help us to overpower our desires, O oh Allah. Help us to have your fear, O oh Allah. Help us to have your awareness, O oh Allah. O Allah, grant us a life of taqwa, O oh Allah. Grant us a life filled with barakah, O oh Allah. Make us closer to you, O oh Allah. Help us to recite the Quran on a daily basis, O oh Allah. Grant us happiness within our homes, O oh Allah. Grant us happiness within our homes, O oh Allah. Grant us happiness within our homes, O oh Allah. Remove the toxic environment from within our houses, O oh Allah. And grant us happiness within our homes, O oh Allah. Grant us peace in our lives, O oh Allah. Make our livelihood easy for us, O oh Allah. Grant us barakah in our rizq, O oh Allah. Grant us our rizq with afia, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, everybody's struggling, O oh Allah. Everybody's going through difficulty, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, nothing is difficult for you, O oh Allah. You grant ease, O oh Allah. You grant afia, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, you grant protection, O oh Allah. Those who are suffering beneath debts, O oh Allah, help us to repay our debts, O oh Allah. You make it easy for us, O oh Allah. Nothing is difficult for you, O oh Allah. You are the one that makes difficulty easy, O oh Allah. Nothing is difficult for you, O oh Allah. Grant us ease in our lives, O oh Allah. Remove the difficulties and the obstacles from our paths, O oh Allah. Have mercy on our parents, O oh Allah. Look after our parents, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, grant afia and good health to our parents, O oh Allah. Accept the good deeds of our parents, O oh Allah. Forgive our parents, O oh Allah. Those of our parents who have left the world, fill their graves with nur, O oh Allah. Elevate their status in the hereafter, O oh Allah. Those of our family members who have left the world, O oh Allah, fill their graves with nur, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, they won't be with us this Ramadan, O oh Allah. You become pleased with them, O oh Allah. You become pleased with them, O oh Allah. You become pleased with them, O oh Allah. Those who are sick, grant them afia and shifa, O oh Allah. Many of our brothers and sisters are in hospitals, O oh Allah, or even at homes, O oh Allah. They cannot come here to the masjid, O oh Allah. They are sick, they are unhealthy, unwell, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, grant them shifa, O oh Allah. Grant them complete cure, O oh Allah. Grant us all alive. Life of Afia, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, forgive us, O oh Allah. Have mercy upon our condition, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, the Muslim Ummah is going through a difficult time, O oh Allah. We are seeing turmoil everywhere, O oh Allah. Those affected by the earthquakes, O oh Allah, they are still suffering, O oh Allah. Have mercy upon their condition, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, grant them shelter, O oh Allah. Grant them clean water to drink, O oh Allah. Grant them protection, O oh Allah. Protect their Iman and Islam, O oh Allah. Strengthen their faith, O oh Allah. Make them firm, O oh Allah. Ramadan is coming, O oh Allah. We have all the riches and all the luxuries, O oh Allah. Yet we find it difficult, O oh Allah. How will they fast in Ramadan, O oh Allah? Make their Ramadan easy for them, O oh Allah. Make their Ramadan easy for them, O oh Allah. Grant them livelihood, O oh Allah. Grant them clean water to drink, O oh Allah. Grant them clothing, O oh Allah. Grant them shelter, O oh Allah. Those in Syria, Iraq, and other places of the world in Palestine, O oh Allah, who are living their lives out of fear, O oh Allah, whose homes are being demolished, O oh Allah, 
who are being evicted from their homes, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, have mercy upon their condition, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, have mercy upon their condition, O oh Allah. Put an end to the occupation, O oh Allah. Put an end to the dhulm, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, help the dhalimeen to make tawbah, O oh Allah. Grant them the tawfiq to turn to you, O oh Allah. We know you are Halim, O oh Allah. We know you are giving them respite as well, O oh Allah. Maybe they might turn to you, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, if it is written for them to turn to you, allow them to turn to you quickly, O oh Allah. Otherwise, O oh Allah, purify the earth, O oh Allah. Purify the earth from such tyrants, O oh Allah. And show mercy towards our brothers and sisters, O oh Allah. Have mercy upon their conditions, O oh Allah. Alleviate them from their sufferings, O oh Allah. Protect the sanctity of Haramain Sharifain, O oh Allah. Protect the sanctity of Haramain Sharifain, O oh Allah. All those who are going there, O oh Allah, accept their ibadat, O oh Allah. Grant us a share in their du'as, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, protect Masjid al-Aqsa, O oh Allah. Grant Masjid al-Aqsa liberation, O oh Allah. Protect it from the occupation, O oh Allah. End the occupation, O oh Allah. End the occupation, O oh Allah. Free Masjid al-Aqsa, O oh Allah. Help those who are protecting the Masjid, O oh Allah. Strengthen them, O oh Allah. Grant them firm iman, O oh Allah. Muslims throughout the world, wherever they are suffering, O oh Allah. Grant them a life of ease and afiyah, O oh Allah. Always keep us with ease and afiyah, O oh Allah. A time will come when we all have to leave the world, O oh Allah. We don't know where we will be. What condition will be in, O oh Allah. We beg you, O oh Allah. Please make our last day our best day, O oh Allah. Make our last action our best action, O oh Allah. And grant us death with the kalima La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. O oh Allah, make the stages of the hereafter easy for us, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, make this life of the grave easy for us, O oh Allah. Protect us from the punishment of the grave, O oh Allah. Help us to cross the bridge of Sirat at the speed of light, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, grant us our book of deeds in our right hand, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, help us, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, do not take our account, O oh Allah. Make our accounts easy, O oh Allah. Protect us from the interrogation on the day of judgment, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we have nothing to show you, O oh Allah. We haven't done anything that we are deserving of your paradise, O oh Allah. You've been so kind and so merciful, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, in lieu of all of that, we have nothing to show you, O oh Allah. We are not deserving of your Jannah, O oh Allah. But we beg you, O oh Allah. We beg you, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from the fire of Jahannam, O oh Allah. We can't bear the pain in this world, O oh Allah. How will we bear the pain in the qabr and the akhirah, O oh Allah. Protect us, O oh Allah. Protect us and safeguard us, O oh Allah. Safeguard our parents, O oh Allah. Safeguard our families, O oh Allah. Safeguard the ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات 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 
اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات والله فقف all the believing men and all the believing women والله this is all we want and all we need والله grant us your forgiveness والله and enter us into جنات الفردوس والله grant us through your mercy والله through your mercy والله جنات الفردوس والله grant us the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ask of you many good things we ask of you the same he sought your protection from many evils we seek your protection from the same make your individual dua now اللهم بارك لنا في شعبان وبلغنا رمضان اللهم بارك لنا في شعبان وبلغنا رمضان اللهم بارك لنا في شعبان وبلغنا رمضان والله accept everyone that comes to this masjid والله والله accept the people of this masjid والله accept the imams of this masjid والله accept the teachers of this masjid والله accept the students of this masjid and madrasa والله accept all the helpers والله accept the committee of this masjid والله accept the management of this masjid والله accept all the helpers and the volunteers of this masjid والله all the brothers and all the sisters and all the children والله grant them all baraka والله accept all of the activities that take place in this masjid والله grant them Everybody, ikhlas and sincerity, oh Allah. Unite the hearts, oh Allah. Unite the hearts, oh Allah. Unite the hearts, oh Allah. Ramadan is coming, oh Allah. Well, a lot of planning, a lot of preparation has taken place to make ensure that this month is fruitful and beneficial for the whole of the community, oh Allah. Oh Allah, you place barakah in all of the planning, oh Allah. Allow everything to go with ease and afia, oh Allah. You help us, oh Allah. We need your help, oh Allah. With your help and ease, oh Allah, help us to have a productive Ramadan, oh Allah, a blessed Ramadan. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked of many good things. We ask of you the same. He sought your protection from many evils. We seek your protection from the same. Many people have requested us dua, O Allah. O Allah, you grant them their permissible wishes. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi. Just before you go, first of all, Jazakallahu khairan for attending today and making this event successful. May Allah be pleased with you all. Uh, tomorrow, inshallah, after Salatul Isha, we continue with our weekly Seerah session. Tomorrow's topic will be on Isra and Mi'raj. That's where we've reached in our Seerah. So I request you to please try and attend tomorrow, inshallah, after Isha Salah. 
on Friday, we have a very special program taking place. The Imam of Masjid Al-Haram, Makkah, Sheikh Bandar Balila, his son will be coming, inshallah, to our masjid. He will recite, he'll lead the Salatul Isha, and also he'll give a talk, and inshallah, I'll translate it and share a few words as well. He'll be sharing a few words. So we request everybody to please attend and let others know about the program as well. Jazakumullah wa khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.